Welcome back to another episode of Friday Night Fireside Chats. My name is Roy. Glad to have you here. For those who are new, this podcast is a time to slow down and unwind from a busy, what might be a busy work week, and when we might be so easily tempted to just spend our time scrolling away through social media or other distractions, this podcast is a time to enter into a more reflective time. At least for me, that's my intention with this. And tonight's topic is on self-censorship. And this is closely related to my previous podcast, episode 12, on meaninglessness. You know, what's the point of anything? And the connection that I find here is that some of the meaninglessness or depression, you know, what's the point? Some of that mood that I've experienced relates to self-censorship and self-censorship in the sense of expression. Because as I mentioned in that previous podcast, 2020 and now into 2021, you know, if you've been paying attention, the events going on globally are not something that I believe you can just chalk up to happenstance that you know all of a sudden we find ourselves in this time where so much is turbulent and it uh, you know just by coincidence I don't think that's the case but with that you have a lot of people who are asking questions investigating you know what what the hell is going on in 2020 and 2021 and at the same time you have another part of humanity that is very much fixed you know in this belief that you know trust what we're being told trust that the scientists, the doctors, the politicians, the talking heads are telling the truth that they want what's best for us and everybody just needs to stick together because we're all in this together and everybody just needs to do what we're being told to do to protect one another. And anytime somebody steps out of that paradigm steps out of the group consensus there's an immediate backlash there's this i want to say dark uh, i don't know entity if you will it's sort of this dark intelligence that seems to be operating through people who have been conditioned to think and believe and feel in a certain way I believe there's a book by a man named Paul Levy titled Wittiko, and it's about this mind virus. I think Wittiko, that term derives from Native American indigenous tradition. I have not read the book, so I can't speak to it, but I think it's a very helpful either concept or reality to consider that there is such a thing as a mind virus, perhaps a more um, 
watered-down version of this can be groupthink. And groupthink, for those who might just be hearing this term for the first time, is this dynamic where whatever the group consensus is, you know, what everybody agrees on or seems to agree on, that's the belief that the individual will take on as well, regardless of whether or not they believe it to be true. And a simple example of this is there's an experiment um, done by some researchers, but there's also more modern ones. Essentially the same concept. There's one done by a guy named Vsauce. He has a YouTube channel. I believe it's just called Vsauce. And he did this experiment around conformity. And so it was to illustrate this groupthink dynamic where people will give up their own individuality to fit in with a group. And so this experiment was just having a bunch of people sit in a room looking at two lines, or I think it was maybe four or five lines, and one line is clearly taller than the others. And of the people there, everybody is an actor except for one person, and that's the test subject. And so they go through and ask each person, all right, which, which line is longer? And then in the beginning, the test subject says, oh no, it's, it's clearly this line. And they go through, I think, one or two rounds of it. And she is still very much convinced in her own perception of, no, it's definitely this one line. But you begin to see herself in real time questioning herself. So she like widens her eyes and then gazes a little bit more intently like am i missing something and like am i tripping here and eventually she falls in line with what the other people are saying everybody agrees it's line three so she says yeah it's line three and so that is experiment capturing this dynamic of the pressure of group conformity and groupthink and how does this relate to self-censorship? Well, it relates to self-censorship in the sense that people begin to start denying their own lived realities. Like it no longer matters that, you know, I as an individual have a separate experience of something. It doesn't matter anymore because, well, if I share my perception, my experience of what is true for me, it is going to alienate me from what the people around me believe. And so rather than face the terror or pain of potential rejection or being ostracized from the group, I am going to just shut up, fall in line. So that way it feels like I'm still part of the group. I'm accepted. I am not them. I am us. And this level of self-censorship is something that in the year of 2020, 2021, something that I have experienced that has really dampened my sense of 
joy, my sense of life, because there's this aspect of when you begin to censor yourself, when you begin to say it's just not worth it, or, you know, I don't want to say anything because I'm worried of any repercussions, a part of you dies. At least that's how I experience it. Although it might not necessarily die, that it's actually dead, it really begins to wither away. And I think that has been a source of my experience of depression and also meaninglessness throughout all of this, because in this most interesting of times that we're in, um, it's harder and harder to find people in my immediate circles within proximity, people that I can talk to and meet with in person who are able to ask the same questions or at least similar questions that I am, who can see, you know, something isn't quite right. And I'm also not buying into the mainstream narrative of all of this stuff. Those people are far and few enough to count on one hand. And with that, and this isolation that so many are experiencing, it, it's just easy to start caving in on oneself, you know, narratives or dialogues, and it might not be conscious. Sometimes it's just a feeling of, you know, nobody cares, nobody can understand, nobody can relate. And what's, what's the point anymore? People are already fixed in their own beliefs and ideas. It just doesn't matter. It's not worth my time. It's not worth my energy. And with that, you know, the life force begins to withdraw. At least for me, it certainly has. And along with it comes the withdrawal of any creativity and any just engagement and involvement in life. And it sucks. It's not a good feeling. And it can be very easy to hold on to a lot of resentment and bitterness because, oh, you know, like, it's not fair. It shouldn't be this way. And this kind of attitude and feeling can be sort of that attitude or feeling that's for a lot of people in this sphere of what is called the black pill. Basically the black pill being you know, a, a reference to the matrix. There's a red pill and blue pill, but the black pill just being this dark, negative, harsh reality of, you know, who cares about your feelings, right? I'm just giving you the harsh truth, the harsh, cold truth. And yeah, it sucks. And you just have to deal with it. While it's not without value, it can very easily leave people jaded. And that's certainly a place I've been for quite a while is just being exceptionally jaded. And the only kind of reprieve that I've been able to have is when I'm out in nature. Small, little, subtle things. I think a couple of weeks ago being 
at the lakeside and having a bee continuously fly around me and start to crawl at me. It's like, this is weird. I've never experienced a bee exhibiting this type of behavior. And I was also a little bit, a little bit scared. Right? It's like, man, I, I'm trying to do my morning stretch and routine here. You know, please don't bother me. Please don't sting me. But it's, eventually I just stopped. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stop my morning routine and just observe this experience and observe this bee. And as this bee was crawling around me and then later flew into my palm and crawled around in my palm, I didn't have any words or thoughts running through my mind anymore. It was just a simple moment of pause, of presence and witnessing. And it's, I'm almost re-experiencing it right now as I am describing it. For lack of a better word, it was sublime. And I just was staring at this bee crawling in my palm. And I bring up this experience kind of in contrast to the jadedness, to the black pill, to the withering away and dying of one's spirit when they self-censor, when they stop expressing. I bring this up to provide that contrast because I think it can be so tempting to self-censor, not necessarily because it's just, oh, I'm afraid of the repercussions of being judged, of being canceled, of what other people think. But I think there can be also another aspect to it where it feels like a, a vindictive action, right? Screw you world, screw you humanity for not listening to me. Screw you for not taking into account my perception and my input on everything. So you know what? Fine. I'm going to withdraw everything and I'm no longer going to be involved, right? That's, that's my way of flipping the finger to you. And as, as righteous as it might feel, it, it does no one any favors, least of all to the individual who's doing it. So speaking for myself, it doesn't do anything to really contribute to my well-being. You know, I could be, in a way, I can better relate to the example, let's say, the Old Testament prophets, right, uh, within the Bible. They're often depicted as these very moody men who, like, say, you know, I have a message because this God told me to tell you this message, but none of you clowns are listening. So you know what? Screw all of you, right? I I don't want to send. I don't want to. I don't want to distribute this message, right? Screw you, and you know, have a good time before you die. And you can kind of just get a sense of this bitter, sour soup that's just churning in their stomachs because they're so jaded. And I get that because, you know, 
here you are being delivered some message, you know, as a prophet of God. And your task is to deliver it to a people group who will never listen or who don't care, right? How, how could you not be jaded after that? And I want to believe that there's a better way. And this recording this podcast right now is an attempt to flip that on its head of rather than taking upon this jadedness within myself, being miserable within myself, blaming the world, blaming other people for how I'm feeling, for not taking in con into consideration what I have to say or what I see. I can still find a way to express myself, even if nobody listens, even if this episode gives one view and it's one view from one person who is barely paying attention. Maybe they're just doing some house chores and they're only taking in a word or two and afterwards it's like, well, that was a helpful podcast to help me not feel lonely or to burden with my own thoughts and mental activity, right? Even if that's the case, at least for myself, I know within myself, I have been able to express something that dwells within me rather than holding it against the world, holding it against humanity, or even holding it in against myself. And I think What's important about this that I'm realizing is it's helping me avoid the perhaps painful reality that many people within the group consensus experience. So what do I mean by that? I think there's a level of self-betrayal and self-hate that people within the group consensus experience because in some way they know that the places that they exist in are not life-giving right because if everyone has to believe the same thing or present themselves as believing the same thing and also with this facade of niceness and of virtue that is actually very shallow and without substance. It's just a good idea, but no real skin in the game, no real soul to it. They know they have betrayed themselves because in those circles, in those group consensus circles, they cannot freely express themselves. And what they then, I imagine, end up doing is externalizing that self-hate and self-betrayal upon themselves onto those they see as being able to express themselves who are outside of the group consensus, right? These people are the reminder to them subconsciously or likely unconsciously of the disowned power the disowned truth within themselves and because that reality feels too painful to admit right because it invokes such a deep sense of guilt and shame 
this realization of, man, I sacrificed and gave up my own spirit, my own soul to fit within a group that I don't actually even enjoy, but it just, it feels safer to be accepted than to be an outcast. I can't deal with that deep shame and guilt. So I have to put it on somebody else. So then they will censor others. Right? They likely don't think about this consciously, but there's probably a part of them that is saying, if I must suffer for having betrayed myself, then so must others. You know, this, this saying of misery loves company. So for those who experience outward censorship, eventually leading to self-censorship of policing your own thoughts when nobody is even there, or when you're around people who may not even care, but you still police your own thoughts. To those of you, I want to offer you this moment of reflection. Is it worth it? Has it been worth it? Because there's, there's going to be a risk either way, right? This is, this is, um, some inspiration I'm drawing from a podcast I listened to by Forrest Munden, his back builders podcast, which was titled it's, I think it was like, it's, it's not safe to speak or something along those lines where he also includes a portion of a lecture by Jordan Peterson, who was talking about how, you know, yes, it's dangerous to speak, but it's even more dangerous not to speak. And that there's a cost to anything that you do or don't do. The cost of acting is that you might make a mistake. You might lose, you might get hurt. And the cost of not acting is you have to live with that for the rest of your life. You have to live with the fact that you never took action. And so is it worth it? really sit with that question of in these times of 2020 and 2021 with all the global events happening is it worth it to self-censor and again this doesn't mean you have to be in the fray on every scene social political cultural saying Hey, this is what I believe and hear me, you know, pay attention to me. I want you to know that I don't agree. I want you to know that I see it differently. This doesn't mean that this self-censorship is even larger. This self-censorship I'm applying to just your genuine expression as a human being. Your ability to create art, 
your ability to have honest conversation, your ability to still do things that you love and enjoy, your ability to make mistakes because staying stagnant and doing nothing feels too painful. Or just to speak into a computer that's recording audio like I'm doing right now. You know, this, even if it doesn't reach anyone, there's some therapeutic value to me now doing this. It's this weird meta experience of I'm listening to myself, observing myself speaking, but it, it has some therapeutic value somehow. And, and I'm expressing, I'm not self-censoring. And with that expression, I'm no longer in that jaded, black-pilled state of, you know, screw the world and screw all of humanity. I can accept a little bit more easily that, yeah, other people don't see things how I see them. Other people might not necessarily agree with me. And that's not a bad or a wrong thing. It's bound to happen. So that's all that I had to say for this podcast. It's always a interesting experience, especially starting these podcasts again after a huge several months break from doing them. I'm not sure if I'll, I will have a weekly consistency with these as I did before, but just beginning to start, I think is a good step and feeling myself getting back into the rhythm of speaking, of recording myself, listening and observing myself as I'm speaking. It's, uh, it's interesting. So I'll leave it there. There's always much more that I could say. And yet I might not be saying anything as I try to find my words as I'm just saying them. So I'll leave it here. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day and I will see you in the next podcast.